0: Acts 10, 21-33 Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius the centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house and hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. And on the next day he got up and went away with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day he entered Caesarea, and now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up, I I too am just a man as he talked with him he entered and found many people assembled and he said to them you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him and yet God has shown me that i should not call my not call any man unholy or unclean that is why i came without even raising any objection when i was sent for so i asked for what reason you have sent for me cornelius said four days ago to this hour i was praying in my house during the ninth hour and behold a man stood before me in shiny garments then he said cornelius your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before god therefore send to joppa and invite simon who is also called peter to come to you he is staying at the house of simon the tanner by the sea so I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Good
1: morning. It is to so be here to get together on this lord's day and and we are trying something a little different today uh, going to try to use my ipad together from the Scriptures this morning. In Psalm 85, the psalmist writes in verse 8, I will hear what what God the Lord will say. Speak peace to His people, to His godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. In the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 53, And in verse 3, Isaiah writes, Incline your ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. There is this attention that you see in the Scriptures to hear God's Word. And the invitation to come and listen, to incline your ear, open your ear, open your mind, open your heart, and be ready to hear God's Word. The opportunity to listen to God's Word, that's something that we probably don't oftentimes think of as a blessing in and of itself, but indeed it is, as those who are seeking the ways of God... Whenever we have an opportunity to hear God's Word spoken and proclaimed, it is a blessing and a great opportunity to learn what the Lord has commanded us to do. We learn of His great and precious promises. We are encouraged by examples of faith whenever we read the Scriptures. We are also able to learn from those who make mistakes and those who do not Uh, always do what is pleasing to God, we're able to learn from their mistakes. And hopefully we can learn to avoid making those mistakes or similar mistakes. God's Word is extremely powerful. It's a wonderful thing that we have been given. And the Gospel is for everyone. That's something that we learned clearly in Acts chapter 10 in the reading that we had this morning. And we want to be sure that we come to any opportunity that we have to listen to God's Word. And nearly in every single service that we have, in some way, we incorporate an opportunity to listen to God's Word. It might be a quick word of admonishment or a a short invitation to help you think about your life and your relationship with God. Or it might be a a sermon from a long-winded preacher that you have to put up with. That may go a little too long for your taste. I don't know. But there is an opportunity that we try to incorporate into every service. An opportunity to listen to what God has communicated to us. And we also have other unique opportunities from time to time that we'll speak about this morning. But this morning I want us to open up our Bibles. And I hope that you will turn to the book of Acts in Acts chapter 10 with me as we're going to think about some things that happened here that really helped Cornelius, I think, be prepared to hear God's Word and an attitude that he showed that I think is an honorable attitude. As we have read in the Psalms and in Isaiah, this call to hear God's Word, you see that Cornelius was very receptive and very willing to hear God's Word in the very in initial passage in Acts chapter 10, at the very end of that text that we read in verse 33, I love the text and how it says there where Cornelius, as he's talking to Peter, he says, So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Cornelius first sent for Peter. I think that is... An interesting thing that how many people send for a preacher to come preach to us. That may not be an everyday occurrence in your life, it certainly isn't for, for me, but it is something that is, it speaks to the character of Cornelius. Now, he was divinely told by God to send for Peter, and again, that doesn't mean that. Cornelius didn't want to hear because Cornelius was obedient to that command. So he was interested in learning. But he says, so I sent for you. And then he says, and you have been kind enough to come. He acknowledges that Peter could have chosen something else to do. That Peter could have refused to come to Gentiles. This person that you would not even associate with, that you would choose to not with, that you would choose to distance yourself from, that you have been kind enough to come to my house and share with me God's word. Now, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a unique opportunity. We begin our gospel meeting with Caleb Westbrook, and I'm excited for several reasons. I've I've had had the privilege of meeting Caleb several years ago, but I'm excited about it for being able to see him again, but also excited about it because this is going to be the first gospel meeting we've had that I've been a part of in a couple of years because of COVID-19. And I'm excited that we're going to be able to have an opportunity to feast on God's Word, to hear God's Word proclaimed. It's going to be a wonderful blessing and a wonderful opportunity, but I can think of no other passage that would describe quite as well as what Cornelius said to Peter. So I sent for you. We have given Caleb an invitation to come and preach the Gospel. And he has been kind enough to accept that invitation. He could have said no. He said he could have said there's too much going on. I'm too busy. There's too many other things to do. COVID-19 or expensive travel. Things like that, but He was kind enough to come. So I think we learn from Cornelius that we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for those who are willing to come to share God's Word. And we need to be willing to be present to study with Him and allow Him to, to teach us. We need to be thankful for people who have studied the Bible and who have reached conclusions about the Scriptures from God's Word, and share their convictions to address important biblical subjects that will help us. That was what Cornelius recognized, that we want to hear what the Lord has commanded you, and therefore what the Lord has commanded us. And so it begins with an invitation to preach, but then Cornelius, also recognizes that whenever we come to hear God's Word, we are coming into God's presence. Did you notice that there in verse 33? In verse 33, he says, So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. He says that we are here not just present. In your presence, Peter, but we are in the presence of God. When we come to hear God's word, we are in God's presence. And I think that's something that is extremely important for us to understand whenever we come to hear God's word. That Cornelius, he understood that since he initiated an invitation for Peter to come to preach God's Word, that he needed to be attentive. He needed to be ready to listen. He was not a passive uh, person in this situation. He be an active participant because he recognized he had responsibility that he was accepting as a listener of God's Word and as entering into God's presence. And I'm struck by how many people it describes there. In verse 24 of Acts 10, it says on the following day, as Peter is coming to Caesarea, it says on the following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Does that that not describe what we hope to accomplish in a few weeks whenever we come for a gospel meeting? We want... People to be here. We want people to be present to hear God's word. Our relatives, our close friends, people that we know. In verse 26, or verse 27, rather, it says, And he talked with him. He entered and found many people assembled. That Peter is is recognizing that there were a lot of people there. And in verse 33, it says, now, there in verse 33, in the middle of that verse, now then we are all here, present before God. That all of them were here. It reminds me of an occasion in the Old Testament, in the book of Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter 8, when the people of Israel... After they had come back from captivity, and they had begun to rebuild the temple and the walls of Jerusalem, and in Nehemiah chapter eight and in verse one, it says, "And all the people gathered as one man." You know that all the people gathered together as one man, as one group, or one assembly. All the people. It says. And then he goes on in verse 2. And they're there listening to the law. And It says in verse 2, Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. In verse 3, He read from it before the square which was in front of the water gate from early morning until in the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. You continue to see that language. All the people, all the people who were of an age that could hear and understand and grasp what was being given and the instruction that they were being told. All the people were attentive to the book of the law. It says in verse 5, opened the book in the sight of all people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Three times that phrase in verse 5 is used. All the people. All the people were gathered together. Again in verse 6, Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. They, then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to God. The ground. Now these people, they were receptive. They were eager to hear God's Word proclaimed and preached and taught when Ezra was explaining God's Word and giving the sense and explaining the meaning of the Bible to them. They were ready to hear it. All the people were. Not just some of the people, but all of the people. The emphasis of the text. Shows. I find that very encouraging. And I think it is right for us to have the expectation that all of us be here to be present to hear God's word. Anytime that we come for worship and anytime that we come for instruction to hear God's word, we should want and expect all of our brothers and our sisters to be here to be present. Sometimes we don't expect that, do we? Sometimes we end up expecting, well, maybe if we get you know, 60% here, 70% here, we're doing pretty good at that point. You know, my family, they are out of town this week, so I'm, I'm a bachelor weekend. So I get to uh, be lazy and be around the house, do what I want to, watch the TV, watch whatever I want to on TV. But what would you think of me if my family on Sunday morning, we get in the car, we come here, and then we realize we left Zeke at home. It would be Zeke that would get left for for some reason. He'd he'd be doing something crazy. But what would you think of me if I said, well, you know, he's two and a half. It's okay. You know, I got 75% of my family here. I got 75% here. I left one at home by himself, even though he's a toddler, then nothing bad can happen for a few hours, right? What would you think of me of that kind of negligence? And yet, why do we, whenever the family of God comes together to assemble, say, well, 60% attendance, that's pretty good. Why do we lower the standard? You know, we need to come to expect that all of us would be here in attendance to hear God's Word because this is something important. Whenever we have a Gospel meeting, it's an opportunity. We can be built up in our faith. We can be encouraged. And we can grow. And we can draw closer to God. We can draw closer to one another. And if we are all going to be here for our gospel meeting we need to be here and we need to start planning now we've been announcing the meeting for several weeks in the bulletin and in our announcements at the close of services we need to start blocking off our calendar begin making plans today so that we can all be here to hear God's word you know attendance at worship services or bible classes or hearing sermons gospel meetings it's not just about satisfying the elders it's not just about having your name checked off as present it's not about boosting the preacher's ego it's not about giving the church bragging rights about how many people we had here attendance at worship services bible classes sermon, and gospel meetings It's about what cornelius says it's about being in the presence of god where else would you rather be Where else would we rather be? What else would we rather be doing? What is more important than being in the presence of the Lord? In the book of Psalms, in Psalm 42, in Psalm 42, and in verse 1, as the deer pants for the water brooks, So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? This is a beautiful psalm that pictures the need and the necessity for water, for all of God's creatures and all of God's creation. And whenever we have an opportunity to come before God and to hear His Word, we need to take those opportunities. Just as if we were parched and needed something to drink, we would desire water. If we are not here, if we are not here, then we will not be able to hear God's Word. That's the simple fact of the matter. If we're not here, we cannot hear the Word of God. Come and hear God's Word. That's what we want. And then we need to prepare to hear God's Word. Hearing God's Word, as I mentioned, it's not just something that is a passive activity. It's something that we actively do. If you notice in Acts chapter 10 and verse 33 what Cornelius says, we are all here present before God to hear. That we have come with a purpose. That we have come to hear God's Word. And there is a lot of emphasis in Scriptures that are placed upon hearing. We know in as we teach children the steps of salvation. We begin with, Hearing God's word because faith comes through hearing and hearing from the word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. In the Gospel of Matthew and Jesus' teachings, especially whenever you see him teaching with miracles or, or with the parables, rather, in Matthew chapter 13 and in verse 9, he says, He who has ears, let him hear. That statement is made on several different occasions. It's made in the book of Revelation because it is intended to teach us that everyone who is capable of hearing and understanding is expected to listen. In chapter 8, you had all the men, all the women, and the children. Children aren't, aren't excluded. Those who are able to listen and learn, those who are of a capable age, to begin to understand who God is and who Jesus is and what Christ has done for us, they need to be here. They need to be ready to hear God's Word. The book of Hebrews describes God's Word as living and active. I love the description there in Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 12, for the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Have you ever stopped to wonder why is the Hebrew writer able to describe God's Word that way? Because God's Word, the author of it, is living and active. God works through His Word. God works through what He has said and what He has spoken. His Word is powerful. And whenever we have an opportunity to hear it, it can change us for the better. It can change us. It can convict us of things that we need to correct. It can encourage us when we are tempted. God's Word is... Something that can be a great benefit to us. But there are some things that we need to do. Oftentimes, the, the Word of God is described as a seed that is planted in the parable of the sower. Jesus describes the Word of God as that seed and how it that seed will fall on... Various types of soil. And that there will be different, different responses that people have based upon the conditions of their hearts. James, in James chapter 1, describes in this way. He says in verse 18, In the exercise of His will He brought us forth by the word of truth so that we be a kind of firstfruits among His creatures. That God's Word, it can become implanted in our heart and it can grow and it can cause us to be born again. But He tells us, James warns us of several things that we need to remove from our life. If we're going to be able to receive God's Word in a positive way, we need to remove anger from our life. And in this context, he's talking about the Word of Truth and our response to it. We know as you continue on in the book of James at the end of chapter 1, he's talking about being a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. I believe verses 19 and 20 are still in that same context. And while he's trying to get us to see here that our response to God's Word is very important, he says, "...this you know, my beloved brethren." But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. I think there's some general truths about anger that we need to watch. Our anger and our temper there clearly. But I think he's also trying to get us to see that how do you respond to God's Word? Whenever you hear a sermon on marriage and divorce or something like that, how do you respond? Are you going to just try to... Defend someone in your family that has maybe had an unscriptural divorce. How are you going to respond? People who will not be ready to listen to rebuke and correction that comes from God's Word. Oftentimes they will become angry and they'll try to rationalize and try to justify their sin. He says, don't be quick, too quick to be angered. You need to be quick to hear God's Word. Then he says in verse 21, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility, receive the Word implanted which is able to save your soul. You need to remove sin and wickedness from your life. If you want to positively hear God's Word and be receptive to it and allow it to grow, then you have to recognize that sin is just rocky soil. It brings corruption. It brings forth death. It corrupts our relationship with God and it will cause us to be hardened to hearing His Word. He also says there in verse 21, Therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the Word implanted. Humility is needed. I have to get rid of pride. If I'm going to be able to receive God's Word in a receptive way, in a way that would be in a positive light, then I have to get rid of pride. I have to get rid of this whole notion that I've learned all that there is. I've read the Bible from cover to cover, and I know all that there is in there. No. No, if, if you have that kind of attitude, then I think you show that you are not ready to listen to God's Word in the first place. Pride damages and prevents us from effectively hearing God's Word. If we think that we know it all, that there's nothing we have to learn, and we don't know the first thing about the power of God's Word. And then there's indifference that we have to watch out for. We have to get rid of indifference. We can't just treat this as an academic approach where we learn something new and we don't commit it to our life. James is very clear in verse 22, But prove yourselves doers of the Word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. The person who resolves that that I'm going to listen and I'm going to apply. I'm going to listen and I'm going to do. That's the person who's going to be blessed. When we come to hear God's word, we are acknowledging that there's something I need to learn and there's something that I need to do better. And indifference will kill that kind of attitude. But we all recognize that when we come to the Scriptures and we study it, and when we listen to it, we're recognizing that we need to do better. We can't be lazy. We can't be indifferent. We need to come and hear God's Word, the intent and the desire to make changes in our life. That's what we need to do. We need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of those things. So if we're going to have a successful gospel meeting in a couple of weeks, I suggest that we do a few things. Pray for our meeting. Pray for visitors that will come hear the gospel. Pray that our own members will be healthy and able to come here and hear God's Word. Pray for the safe travels of Caleb and his family. Then we have certain expectations that we need to do. If we're going to have any kind of event or any kind of opportunity, we need to have certain expectations, I believe. And that expectation begins with the Gospel. We call it a Gospel meeting, don't we? As, As Cornelius recognized that He invited Peter to come and teach us what you have been commanded by the Lord. That's what we want to hear. That's what we're expecting to hear. We're expecting an opportunity to grow a spiritual feast. Or we need to expect the Scriptures to be taught and I'm confident that it will happen. But if he or myself, For anyone who takes this pulpit and does not preach from the Word of God, our suspicions need to be aroused. We need to expect and demand to hear the Gospel. We need to attend the meeting. If we're going to have a successful Gospel meeting, we need to be here. We need to attend the meeting. We need to try to invite someone to come with us. And we need to invite them and Leave it open-ended. We need to say, I want to invite you, and can I come and pick you up at six o'clock? And we will be on our way. To go to services together. Pick them up. Bring them with you. Come prepared. Come prepared to worship God and to serve others. We need to dress for the occasion. We need to dress appropriately, dress reverently in a way that is appropriate that is, if we are coming before God. Come dressed in a way that would be reverent and honoring God. Worship leaders, you will be leading us in worship. Consider your responsibilities in leading the assembly in worship. You will oftentimes set tone for service, from how you dress to what you say when you're up here before the people. For the congregation. And if you're not prepared, it will be noticed. All those rules apply for Caleb as well. I'm sure he'll he will set the tone for that. We need to encourage others while we're here. We need to encourage people. We need to speak to them. We need to speak to our visitors. We need to greet those who will come to hear God's word and those who have come to encourage you as well coming to hear God's word is a wonderful opportunity we can plan for a successful gospel meeting we're going to it's going to take some work and some effort on our part we need to be thankful for people who are willing to preach God's word and to come to bring us the good news, and ultimately, when Peter preached to Cornelius, he preached to him words by which he could be saved. In Acts chapter eleven and in verse fourteen, Peter he was giving a, a rehearsal of what had happened when he was with Cornelius, and he told him told the people that he was he spoke words by which. Cornelius and his household would be saved. In Acts chapter 10, the end of that chapter, we are told what he told him. When Peter ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Peter told them that whenever they respond in obedience to Jesus Christ, through faith and through baptism, they could have their sins forgiven. They could be given eternal life. Cornelius was saved by the Gospel of Jesus Christ because he repented, because he believed in Christ, he turned from his sins, and he obeyed the Gospel by being baptized. And you can obey that same Gospel today. We want you to come and hear God's Word. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a wonderful opportunity, a unique opportunity to hear God's Word. But we tried to preach God's Word faithfully and true each and every week here. This morning, if you are not a Christian, we hope that you will consider yourself in your relationship with God and become a child of God. Become a Christian. We want you to make your life right with the Lord, believing in Jesus Christ and coming in faith and obedience to Him. We want you to come to Christ. Be baptized in water to have your sins washed away. And you can become a Christian today. Might be that you have made that choice to become a Christian. You've had your sins washed away, but you've not been living faithfully. You've gone back into the world. You've allowed sin and temptation to take over your life. We want you to come back to the Lord, and God wants you to come back, I'm looking for you to come back to Him. If we can help you in some way, would you come now as we stand and as we sing?
0: I just have a few announcements to make before we have our closing hymn and uh, prayer. I just want to note some of our members that are out of town traveling. uh, Terry Mears, Karen Alderson, Tom and Mary Steinkirchner, and Kristen Cavender and the boys. I also want to remember those that are um, enduring some continuing health struggles that we need to keep in mind for our prayers. Ken and Jane Cox, Cynthia and Sherman McCoy, and Rex Robinson, who are all here, and it's great to see you today. Um, and also remember our shut-ins: Gene Allen, Francine Strother, Selma Brickley, and Bob and Ruth Marsh. Also, I want to remind everyone that support group number two will meet in the east wing after services. And as Sean was talking about, our gospel meeting with Caleb Westbrook it will be October 24th through 29th. And also remember that the annual singing will be on the 29th of that week. Uh, otherwise, we'll look forward to seeing everyone at our worship service at 5 o'clock. And we'll turn our service back over to our worship leader. <clears throat> Sing the first verse of Be with me, Lord, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. First John five fourteen. Be with me, Lord. I cannot live
1: without thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I
0: cannot bear the loads of life unaided. I need thy strength to lead myself I